0: I'm so pleased that we're back for episode five and we have our Instagram account back. I don't know what happened on Instagram. I think it was some big hacking thing and lots of people's accounts just disappeared, including ours. And we were literally texting about it at the time saying about people's accounts being lost. And then I just looked and it just disappeared basically in front of my eyes and was gone for about what?
1: was it two days? Yeah, uh, like, three, was it two or three days? Yeah, it was funny because when you were messaging me, I was like, you're kidding, eh? Like, I just thought it was a bit of a joke. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, my God, like, it's actually gone. I can't log in. What the hell is going on? It was very stressful. <laughs> yeah. luckily it all came back.
0: So. I know.
1: We're very lucky it came back because I don't know if that was the case for everyone. But it just shows you how heavily we are rely on social media and it also teaches you a very important lesson that you can't use one social media platform
0: it does show you that even though i'm still so reluctant (laughs) (laughs) like no no but i really just want to do instagram i don't really want to do anything else i know i know because
1: it can't well because it is the biggest platform undoubtedly like you can't deny that and so yeah you kind of want to be like yeah it's always going to be there And then I heard someone else talking about the other day that it's going to be gone one day, and I'm like, no.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah, there was that podcast um, by uh, Frances Cannon on The Starving Artist, and she's got a huge following, and she'd done this really sort of insightful interview about how you can't type all your value in social media. You know, you've got to accept it's like MySpace, like Instagram will probably just be gone. And I'm like, no! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I refuse to believe it. I'll be 90 and still on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Holographic Instagram. Oh. Anyway, besides from um, having huge freakouts about the Instagram account disappearing, did you see that Junk and Disorderly are opening in New Plymouth?
1: Yes, oh my god! I like my husband actually shared that with me, which I thought was really brave of him. because I guess he knows it's gonna come, so he can't hide it. But he was like, "Check this out," and I was like, "Oh my god, oh my god!" Because I took him there in Auckland. Like we went for a trip in Auckland, and I took him, and he he actually loved it because he was like, "This has got some. It's like a museum. It's got some cool stuff in it." And I was like, "Oh my god! I cannot believe it's coming to New Plymouth." Like after we had talked about it, I know it's like crazy. It's like we put it out into the universe and it just delivered within a week. (laughs) I'm sure it was happening long before that.
0: Yeah, so convenient. So now we say like we want IKEA and maybe West Elm and we wouldn't mind anthropology either. So maybe now we've said it, it will happen. It it might happen. In New Plymouth.
1: (laughs) (laughs) New Plymouth. I doubt New Plymouth, but Auckland, there's a real possibility. (laughs) But it's cool that they've chosen New Plymouth. Quite
0: like blown away by that. So I think it's supposed to be opening in October, mid-October, I think. So quite soon. Oh my god, and it's like five
1: minutes from my house. (laughs) Oh, is it? The actual location? Yeah, that's really dangerous. I could
0: walk there. I used to live about five minutes' walk from Drunk Disorderly in Auckland. I lived just around the corner. Oh, was that dangerous? Yeah, because it was also my closest coffee place as well because they have a coffee uh, yeah. caravan in yeah so then i'd walk around for a coffee and you can't get to the coffee without walking through um anyone who doesn't know who is isn't in new zealand jungle disorderly is just a big huge um secondhand kind of what would you yeah it's it's not just second hands though i suppose like nah. it's like
1: a, it's like a bit of a like a museum just a, collections of every kind and also stuff for sale, like for sale, so it's yeah, it's, and it's a mix that they do have some new stuff, um, but most of it's the older, collected, donated, or what yeah, whatever they get. So I've yeah, I've only been there just once, so I actually haven't explored it as much as you would have been
0: when I went yesterday. I asked Nicole about New Plymouth, and I was like, "Are you from New Plymouth?" And she was like, "Oh no, we just we've only been once. <laughs> we just liked it, and they'd only been once this year. They just decided it was like." the place for their second store so that's quite cool that's that's pretty awesome it's pretty up and coming new plymouth you see
1: yeah yeah that's cool no new plymouth i think it is well i mean i'm biased because i live here but i it's a pretty special little place yeah
0: i i love it it'll be called new auckland instead of new plymouth
1: So what you've been uh, like you've been in Melbourne and you went to Fashion Week and I was just like living oh, vicariously through all your Instagram. I know. Been so fabulous.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know. I had just had like two weeks of actually like really great, exciting things happening. I think people were very sick of me on Instagram. They're like, don't worry, I go back to being a hermit the rest of the year. Oh so no, I-, I wasn't sick of it at all. I was just lapping it up. I was just like, this is so cool. <laughs> oh good. So I went to Melbourne with Sam. Um, Yeah, like I mentioned, my sister Lily lives there. So we went to go to the Dior exhibition at the NGV, the National Gallery of Victoria, um, which was pretty incredible. So it's sort of just a retrospective of the House of Dior and it was all – the gallery was actually set up to sort of um, echo the actual, like, the actual House of Dior in Paris. And so that was beautiful. And obviously the clothes were beautiful as well. Yeah, they looked incredible. Yeah, just amazing to see them up close. It was quite cool. They had two of the seamstresses from the Dior Atelier um, doing little samples. Yeah, they had a translator um, so you could ask them questions and... Yes that was pretty cool and of course I love Melbourne shops and cafes and it's always like it's like Auckland but on steroids way better (laughs) (laughs) no offense Auckland but Melbourne's huge (laughs) um so some good shops I only made it to oh I went to the Camberwell markets which is like a big flea market on a Sunday and it was amazing it was like i'd say it was about three times as big as like the biggest market, like say takapuna market or something in auckland but it was there was no fruit and veg or anything it was just secondhand stuff
1: (laughs) oh my goodness did you want to buy like so
0: much um i did buy so much what did you buy what tell us what you bought i bought well there was a lot of clothes and things like that. So I got plenty of clothes, but I got this amazing, like mid century, I'll take a photo of it, like a mid century metal shark sculpture. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> that I brought That's back awesome. on the plane.
1: <laughs> uh, did you, were you holding
0: it on the plane? <laughs> no, I put it, I checked no. it because I thought it could definitely be used as a weapon. Uh, so.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say, I don't know if that actually let you down.
0: Yeah, and I did buy like a little lamp base as well I put in the in my carrier oh no yeah I put that one in my carrier it was only little like a little mid-century kind of ceramic lamp base because um, that's the other great thing about Australia of course we have the same plugs <laughs> yes so true, like it's not the, yeah.
1: not the same as an American lamp no no <laughs> you need to no. so bring it right for. back
0: plug it right in so yeah <laughs> I've awesome. got plenty of things but I could definitely have got a lot more if I'd had a house in Melbourne. I going to a house, yeah. <laughs> So that's the next step. Yeah, so that was really awesome. fun. Um, oh, yeah, and then I went to New Zealand Fashion Week and that was pretty cool. It's always fun and exciting and you get to dress up and see lots of stuff and it's you know, pretty inspirational in terms of sort of seeing what everyone's up to. And, I mean, it still has a lot of that um, – I don't know if snobbery is the right word, but, you know, sort of has this feeling of sort of showiness and elitism, which I guess is all part of it. And you've just got to kind of shrug it off and not care. And I think that's a good thing. I don't care too much. So But I saw a friend of mine there who's very cool. And she she sort of left saying, oh, I just felt really awful. And I'm and like uncool and I just wanted to go home and I was like that's so sad Oh, really? yeah Aww. so in a way it's like I kind of I do really like it and it's a lot of fun but it's it's also like you've got to remember fashion just like any aspect of design is completely accessible to everyone and just because you're not sitting on the front row of something it doesn't even mean you're not the most fashionable person in the world <laughs> you know yeah yeah it's a, ga- it's a it's game it's easy really. to get intimidated
1: it's easy to Absolutely. get intimidated
0: by that yeah, stuff, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And then the last exciting thing I've been up to is I went to the Dulux um, Color Forecast 2018, which was so cool. I mean, You would have loved it, Michelle, and you'll have to come oh, up next year for it. I have to come yeah. up next year, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was really great. So I didn't know this, but Dulux are actually the only Australasian paint company that go over to the Milan design fairs. Um, that's really cool. So, yes, yeah, so they go over there and go to all the big sort of design expo things and then interpret those trends back into paint palettes for Australasia. So it was really neat actually seeing both their inspiration from it and then how they'd interpreted it. And it's just beautiful. But I'll do, I'll put up a blog post about it so I don't go on about it too much. But, um, Mainly, the whole thing they said was about balance. that was their overriding theme, and that how the the palettes they choose and the design aspects reflect the sort of idea of balance that we're all searching for in our lives at the moment, like sort of politically and yeah uh, like technology wise as well, which I think is really true, and that sort of reflects in the choice of um materials and themes, so because there is such a sort of feeling of needing a home and needing a balance. And there's such, you know, there's so many like refugees and sort of so much displacement and unrest politically that that sort of leads to things like that we don't seem so much of say really hard design or really industrial design or really futuristic, you know, it's a lot more home comfort. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which I loved. It was, it's all still done in a modern way, and there are aspects of those things, but it's not like, say, when the world's got doing really well, like sort of more in the '90s. There was much more of that kind of hard-edged design because everyone's feeling quite kind of confident. Yeah, I just love that stuff, and I love thinking about how, when you step back, you see how it reflects the world that we're in. How inspiring! Yeah, well, so it's all kind of about trends. Are always such a funny thing in a way because i suppose we also always say don't worry about trends and it's like no but it's also cool to think about trends and to adopt them to a certain extent and yeah
1: so kimberly from swoonworthy put up this really interesting um blog post about the predictions
0: for 2018 yeah i read that that was great (laughs)
1: yeah really good
0: eh yeah i read through it and i was like yep You know, I was like, yeah, I think she really, like, covered all the main things.
1: Yeah, it was actually a really well-written blog post, I thought. I loved it. So um, for 2018, her prediction is copper is going out and gold is in.
0: I think copper was already out. (laughs) (laughs) I think brass was was in and now we're going to more gold-gold. Yeah, I think would be the thing like maybe copper was last year here anyway. I haven't seen copper in a little while. Yeah, but I'm all about the gold.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think because I've always loved gold and brass. And like we talked about this in uh, our colour episode, I think. Yeah. Um, and that gold, you know, whether it's – um, I think the really shiny gold can get a bit of a bad rap because it can be seen as a bit tacky. But I think if it's done right and mixed with the right thing, it can actually be really sophisticated and done well. It's just not using too much of it, I think. Yeah, and that's I think – You know, like, if you overload on it too much, then it kind of turns into, like, Mirable Crazy Disco, like – not
0: necessarily in a good way possibly but then I'm thinking of like those really crazy amazing gold kitchens and I'm like yeah but if you go oh, yeah <laughs> if you're gonna go all out really go all out <laughs> yeah yeah true uh, yeah so
1: then that does bring up the kitchen because that kitchen is pretty amazing
0: yeah but I love gold with the the thing with gold and especially even if you buy say gold paint is that there are so many options for it same yeah. with silver you know you can get kind of yellow gold and you get reddy golds and you can get white golds and champagne golds and it's kinda of like jewellery. You have certain tones that suit you and to mm. It's just kind of like when gold looks cheap or gold looks really classy it can kind of just depend on whatever its undertone is. Yeah. And yeah, and what it's put amongst. But I'm yeah, I love gold. and I, I did love copper, but mostly with actual sort of genuine genuine copper so like copper planters yeah i have a yeah yeah and i have a copper lamp that i still love but i'm not really into that sort of copper finish or the co- you know or the color
1: Yeah, Um, because there was that whole, uh, last year was crazy, was the millennial pink with the copper, with the white and the grey, and it was that very Scandi uh, look. Really, really strong, and I love aspects of that because obviously I love the pink, and I do like touches of copper every now and then, but just not too much of it because it does get a little bit crazy. Yeah, I find it a little bit too warm for too much of it, but a tiny touch of it. It's like, like I've got one copper lamp, and I've got, one copper planter but it's like a really cool plant like it's actually a really cool one because it's a bit more brushed copper so it looks a a little bit not quite so like blingy um and I I do actually really love that and I think I always love that because when I saw it I was just like oh I love it and I'm gonna buy it so that's that whole thing with the trends is you can you got to take it with a bit of a grain of salt because at the end of the day you know as we talked about in episode one trends are they come and they go all the time And I think so long as you've got, like, a classic undertone of what you love and you fill your house with that stuff and you just sprinkle in the, you know, the sprinkle in the stuff that you might feel won't last forever and don't spend too much on it, which is what Kimberly was saying, it's not such a big deal if you go, I actually know I don't like that anymore because you haven't invested, like, too much money, like cushions, for instance. Like, if you... There's a theme that's come out, you know, like say, um, uh, you know, like the llama pillows, for instance. Like there's heaps of cool of that stuff at the moment. Like, and if you go and spend so much money on it, then you might find in a year you actually don't love it anymore. And so, um, if you oh, just sorry, buy one, I have cushion. have
0: ask, what are the la- what are llama pillows? Do oh, they have llamas you know the on little... them. Yeah. Oh, have yeah. Those ones that, yeah, 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 that shape yeah, like a yeah, llama with the like little llama. Yeah, yeah, yeah. knees on them. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I'm yeah, like, like really. F- I'm actually styling a Peruvian dinner, like oh, as my a job. God, cool. So I'm like really, yeah. I'm kind of really into that at the moment. Not per- yeah. not llama pillows, like specifically. No, but- <laughs> specifically, Peruvian but the Peruv- and South American Peruv- influences. Yeah. 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 yeah, and it's got a
1: really strong influence at the moment, right? So that's like, yeah, kind of everywhere, and it's amazing. Like, I love it, but again will you love it forever so do you love it now because it's trendy or will you yeah so that that's where I think what Kimberly's sort of saying in her blog post is like trends do come and go and if you truly love it yeah maybe invest heavily in it but if you're like thinking oh no I like a little bit of it maybe just buy some cushions and accessories so that you can change them out if you are kind of like oh I might you know I might tire of this in like a year or two, and I've only spent you know a hundred or two hundred bucks on it, as opposed to like gone all in and bought a lounge suite. Well, you know what I mean, like something really expensive that you know yeah. you you've got your not... alpaca
0: print lounge suite. And you're just like,
1: <laughs> what was I, think? what was I thinking? Yeah, <laughs> that's what I mean. So I think she that's kind of when I read her thing, I was like, yeah, that's really good advice that you're just not over-investing in trends. So like I, the copper I, stuff, I mean, I do agree yeah. with
0: that. But at the same time, I also always think then there's that danger of doing things by halves. It's
1: you just know, true. You mm-hmm. know, and
0: you've got to, and I think that's way we were saying, do things with confidence and conviction. And then <laughs> if you're like, oh, well, I just got one llama cushion. You're kind of like, you know, I suppose I like things <laughs> yeah. to be like full on. So that is the danger, but I know what you mean. I suppose it's like things like copper, you're not really going to go, well, I guess, yeah, you could do a copper kitchen and then you're like, no, gold's in now. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. What will I do? (laughs) I don't know what you do there.
1: Well, yeah, I, essentially, if you really, really love copper,
0: uh, then it doesn't matter whether it's in or out. Exactly. No, you're right. If if you genuinely love it, then you won't care too much or you can yeah. stand it for longer. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, so on the subject of kitchens, that was another of Kimberly's predictions that going out is all white kitchens and coming in as mixed material kitchens. Definitely.
1: Definitely. I think, yeah, I'm not though really a big fan of all white to be fair, but that's yeah, that's just my personal feeling of no part. neither I,
0: yeah. I have an all white kitchen I don't love I don't love it um, I think that's been a kind of thing that's been coming for quite a while, though the mixed material kitchens i
1: think it I think it's just because it's more laid and it adds more intrigue into a space, doesn't it you know, whereas a white it's very scandy and very minimal, and it's beautiful in its own right but it's not, it's not, it's sort of, it is playing it safe. And so if you you know, if the rest of your house is really eclectic and colourful and shouts personality and is amazing and then you've got like a all-white kitchen, it's kind of quite jarring.
0: Yeah, it is. And it's hard, I suppose now everything, every trend seems to come back to mostly the, an idea of depth and layer and story. And if you've got a brand new white kitchen, all you can do is add pops of red. No, <laughs> just, <laughs> no, but, you know, you're sort of limiting yourself in how many layers you're getting from that. Whereas if you have, like, a wooden bench and, you know, a tiled wall and whatever, then you you get a story yeah. going through those, those elements. But at the same time, I think if you were, say – Kitchens are bloody expensive things, and if you're doing a new kitchen and you want longevity, then you probably still want to err on the side of an all-white kitchen, though, to be fair. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, because, uh, particularly if it's not your forever home, I think, because that sells. So there's that whole, well, you know, am I going to spend, you know, kitchens can be 30, 40 grand, depending on, you know, what kind of budget you do want to spend on your kitchen, but... Yeah, like, if you're going to go all out, you probably do want to, yeah. But it, does, it comes back to, that. yeah, it does come back to that. Is it your forever home or is it a for now home? Are you going to, start... yeah, so I think it, it's quite hard. Um, Like, we came into this kitchen and I was just like, oh, God, it's like, I didn't like it. It just had all brown tiles and it was like a cream kitchen. It's kind of the country style, which I'm not really that big on. And it's really funny because so many people who have come in and i have seen it, they're like, oh, I love your kitchen. And I'm like, really? <laughs> okay, all good. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it wasn't really my style. But now that I've kind of mixed in the grass cloth to match the tiles, it kind of feels like a complete room. And, you know, we've got the wooden floors and stuff, which, again, I actually not my style what I'd choose, but it kind of works and it's fine and it's a nice feeling kitchen. But if I was to do it all over again, it would be entirely different.
0: Yeah, I think kitchens you give like a lot more leeway to because they are just such a, they're a huge job and a huge expense. So I think you comp- you're you willing to compromise and work with what you've got. It's quite a good experiment actually, I think, kitchens because you do make them work. So you've got to remember when you've got other things you don't like that you can make that work too. Because, yeah, because kitchens are they're tricky but in my old kitchen I had a tiny kitchen and it was all gray like there was just like a gray micery kind of top uh, surface top <laughs> um and I ended up just finding these like quite cute sort of little like they were the mini subway tiles you know when when yeah. subway tiles were and I just added those and just worked you know worked with the colors that were already there and it looked so much better I was so stoked
1: yeah and it's amazing how a little change can like you said like really can elevate the space so it is quite important to work with what you've got when you do have something that is not in your budget to change immediately like for in my case yeah my kitchen and my bathroom they're both all fully tiled like tile tiled like that, <laughs> that's major revamp like I cannot change that easily and I kind of have to just work with what I've got so it's not what I would choose but it actually can be just fine. So it's not like it's a really hideous, it's not really hideous or anything. Like I don't walk in and go, oh my God, like what were they thinking? I just walk in and go, it's not my choice. It's still nice. And like, if we were to sell, then it would be a fine kitchen. Like, you know, it would be fine. So I'm just not prepared to spend the kind of money on it yet because it's actually still fine. And it's still got like many years left in it. And I kind of just don't want to, spend that much money on something where i could spend in other ways but eventually we will have to redo those two things because they do wear out eventually so when you win lotto you can put your gold kitchen in (laughs) yeah with my marble (laughs) and my herringbone floors which is the next thing i'm going to talk about which is herringbone floors are in and going out is white painted floorboards
0: yeah well we talked about white painted floorboards didn't we yeah, we did. We did. But we're possibly and not clean enough for them.
1: Yeah, and, I, and yeah, because I look great in a photo, like we had said, and they are really lovely because they they can look really nice um, when they're fresh, but they don't wear that well. And the herringbone floors that are in at the moment—I mean, I have always loved like parquet flooring. I'm just obsessed with it. If I could put all parquet flooring in my house, I would. Um, that's and that would be whether it was a trend or not. I don't actually care because I have always loved it, and so that is my dream. My dream house one day will have parquet flooring in it because I yeah. I really think parquet love, flooring love has it.
0: always been a luxury, so it always uh, yeah. looks great. You know, I don't think it was ever like a skimp kind of economy. It's not like lino or something that uh, no comes and goes. <laughs> No. T- even tiles. Yeah, I always think um, parquet flooring looks great. I do have parquet flooring in one room of this house, but it's under carpet, and it's a really cold room, so I haven't pulled up the carpet. Ah, uh, yeah. So that's something for a future project, probably, <laughs> that there is some parquet flooring. I've never lived in a house with parquet flooring before. Yeah.
1: I. My, it's funny because I was talking, because it's been around for a really long time, I was talking to my mum about it. And she doesn't like it. And I'm like, what is wrong with you? It's beautiful. But it just shows you that it's so subjective. Like people just have such different tastes and loves for things. And I just, I don't know. It's honestly like probably my favorite thing in interior would be flooring and parquet flooring in particular. So I just love it. Whether it's in trend or not, I will always love it. And that is my goal. <laughs> to have it one day but it isn't everyone's taste some people do actually genuinely love carpet and yeah it. yeah do you, you don't like carpet? I'm not, um no i like carpet in bedrooms because of comfort but i find that um unless it was a colored carpet i find like a bland carpet i kind of feel like it drains the energy out of a room and that's just how i feel like when i walk into a room sometimes if it's all carpet and there's no rug layered on top of it or there's you know it can just be really, I don't know. That's the one thing I think that the Scandinavians got really right was floorboards.
0: Yeah, I, I love floorboards too. I personally too.
1: think, yeah, floorboards, yeah. So, yeah, it's not that I don't, yeah, like I'd, I'd love coloured carpet like we talked about, I think, in episode one. Oh my goodness, like pink carpet or lilac carpet or something would be amazing. Like I would love that. Because it's just interesting and like patterned carpet, like the old Axminster carpets. I love all those. I think they are amazing.
0: But just a plain carpet, can't say I dig it that much. Now I love it for comfort though, because I, growing up, I never had carpet. We always had, um, we had like stone floors downstairs, and we had rugs and things, but we just didn't have a carpeted house. But then my grandma's house had carpet, so it'd be like, Shh. whenever I was around there, I was just doing like forward rolls, like. Around the house, I just couldn't get enough <laughs> of how soft it was. <laughs> so when we moved into this house and it has carpet, I'm kind of the same. I'm like, oh, it's so soft. And then putting a rug on top of carpet is like the ultimate luxury. You're like, this is yeah. so soft. So I still like the novelty factor hasn't really worn off for me. I'll still be like trying to do cartwheels like in the living room. Yeah,
1: <laughs> and I do like because so I grew up in a house that was all carpet. So there was no floorboards, like our houses were mum and dad built, their house was um, kind of like a colonial style new build. So it had, it had character, but it also had all the mod cons of modern, you know, like nice carpet and stuff like that. So I kind of grew up with that. So I kind of don't, I, I like aspects of it. Like I still like that, but Yeah when I go into a house that's like an original like remove floorboards or something that I just love it because I didn't grow up with it so I guess it's just kind of what I pine for now I don't know why I just because yeah carpet I'm just like eh, it looks so dirty and yucky and it kind of is not very clean unless you're like
0: vacuuming every day so I can get a bit like ick factor but oh no I totally agree if it's Worn out carpet, or whatever. I think you're way better just pulling up and going with trying to do floorboards. But there's something about like. But yeah, new brand carpets. new, like brand new plush cuff. Yeah. Carp- yeah. <laughs> but brand I do get really new. bugged by like dark charcoal carpets that have sort of got that, you know, when they vacuum and you can see mm-hmm. exactly the direction every. It's been vacuumed. I just, that bugs, that really bugs me. Yeah. And I don't know why, because obviously it looks clean. Okay.
1: So. I think the difference with that is that synthetic, I think, because when I was looking at carpets, because we were going to carpet in here, because, of course, warmth and, you know, being able to do forward rolls is always a bonus. The difference with, like, the synthetic carpets, they are much more plush and nice to, like, do your roly-polies on, but they look kind of a bit gross when you go vacuum them because you can see the the fibres move, um, unless you get a real short pile. So your long pile is, you know... I'm not like any carpet expert, but I just know from
0: when I was looking, like they kind of look a bit funny when you vacuum them. So if you can see those annoying vacuum marks, then that's actually a status symbol because it means that you you got long pile carpet, so you're re- really fancy, really fancy. Yeah, you're really fancy. So maybe actually everyone likes maybe everyone likes the vacuuming marks. I don't know. Anyway, I think we've talked about carpet enough. <laughs> Possibly. Let's talk about colours. Let's talk about some colours. Yeah, I, I agree. So Let's you mentioned lilac carpet, and lilac yes. is definitely in. Lilac and mauve. Yep. Um, and Kimberly suggests that going out is indigo. And assume she means. Do you think she means like like dark blue, like navy? Yeah, I think she means like dark. Yeah, like dark navy. Because dark dark. it has been
1: fully saturated everywhere for ages. Like furniture walls. Everything. Everything. But apparently I read something the other day about denim blue is like the new thing. So who? Who knows I can't keep up? <laughs>
0: no, I can't keep up either. I think I agree with the the dark blue thing. I think it had a yeah. it's had a really long time and it's always classic in certain ways, like but I do think oh I'm really sick of seeing navy velvet. There's so many other colours you could have. And navy's just not it there's been quite a lot of navy velvet and i do quite like navy velvet
1: but i am pretty pleased i didn't do a sofa in navy velvet i must say because it has kind of gone everywhere and i think that's the thing when with trends is that they they do get done to death and people just get over them really quickly and so that's a really sad thing kind of you know because all the cheaper chain stores make it really accessible for everyone then it just gets oversaturated. Um and I think that's when we just start to get sick of it, when it's just when it's everywhere, when it goes into all the main stores and everyone can buy it. So um which kind of just sounds a little bit like elitist, doesn't it? When I actually hear myself say that. But it's it's really easy for you to just follow a trend because it's it's cheap and it's easy to access. So you just do it because everyone's sort of doing it. Um, as opposed to choosing something that really you really love and that you're, you'll are love
0: forever. I can't remember who it was, but someone on, I follow on Instagram was like, as soon as I see other people doing it, I hate it. And I just can't help it, but I'll, you know, I want to change my house as soon as I see other people. I'm like, ah, oh, I don't know about that. Like, there is a bit of that, but I think you also have to just just remember that it's okay. Like, we are part of a species we are kind of a hive mind <laughs> you know that's how trends come about and you can still be an early adopter or a trendsetter but you just shouldn't care you shouldn't care too much whether other people are doing it if you do still love it
1: yeah that and that's the thing like we talked in the episode one was like if you are just buying it purely because it's trendy then that's one thing. But if you're buying it because you actually are really drawn to it, like for me, like mustard, I've always loved mustard since forever. Like always loved it. Just it's such a rich saturated colour and I will probably always love it. So whether it's in or out, I will I will
0: always love it. But then I'd say lilac. I love it right now. Like I've gone, to- we've talked about it before. Like I yeah. just love it. And I'm like fully almost almost ready to paint my spare room <gasps> lilac yeah but then at the same time that is definitely not a timeless color for me like the last time i really liked purples was that room i described i you know that my teenage room when i was four, 14 15 yeah and i had purple and magenta you know and then i've gone i don't i haven't worn purple i haven't had anything decorated in purples like I don't do purples, and now suddenly I'm into them. But I know this is not a classic for me. This will not last forever. So if I do it, it will be a very temp. You know, I just know it might be for a year or something. So I have to decide whether I love the trend enough to have fun with it, which I think I do.
1: Yeah, because and that's the difference, isn't it? Because you're you're aware of that. Because I'm the same. Lilac, I I like to play with it but I wouldn't say it's a it's a permanent color for me I don't really relate to purple that much I like aspect some little pops of it but I wouldn't go full yeah so that's actually interesting because that's a trend that's full on now and I actually would say don't know if I'm digging it that much whereas magenta and like burgundy like that really rich royal color like red you know that saturated reddy burgundy yeah it's, kind of hard to describe love it always loved it I think I always love it and it's not technically in at the moment but well actually no I think it was because it was it mixed with they mixed it with like blush and then blue I think in one of the Dulux pictures was that I saw I yeah know, really they definitely not. had that
0: it was a beautiful color yeah I so I love it, that um, I can't remember what it was called like Villa Rose or something. okay yeah yeah <laughs> yeah
1: yeah, and that's so I find that beautiful and I always have. Like, it's, yeah. So I don't, but whereas lilac, I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I, I probably not want to paint anything lilac. Yeah,
0: it's a fling more than like a. It's
1: a fling. A yeah, it's like having a fling as opposed to a marriage.
0: <laughs> that's the perfect way to describe it. Yeah. And I think it's a yeah. perfectly fine thing to do. Absolutely. Sometimes. You,
1: you can't always it. be
0: like that you have to love everything forever. I mean, if you get married, oh. you should try. You should try. <laughs> <laughs> you should try. It's probably quite important. <laughs> yeah, but I think trends, like we said, trends are fun. So I think I probably will go for the the light. I think you wool. should. I think you
1: should because you'll do yeah. it amazing and just have fun with it. And oh, thanks. Just go. And so we'll move on to the next one, which is a color again, which is in is peach and going out is Millennial Pink. Oh my god. Um Yeah, see, a lot of people can't get over the fact that Peach is so eighties. But I personally actually really have always liked peach.
0: Yeah, I've always liked peach too, and I had a peach room. I painted a room peach about five years ago. I really liked it. Yeah. <laughs> Still yeah. like it. And I,
1: Still like it. And it's the same with the terracotta. You know, terracotta and all those kinds of colours kind of technically went out, I guess, way back. But I've kind of always like, it's such a warmth to it that you cannot, I don't know, you can't deny it, I don't think. But it it was done really badly, I guess, in the 80s. So people were just like, no more peach, no more terracotta. And it's like, well,
0: you'll learn to love it again. Just watch. You just watch. Just wait. You'll be wait. wrong. I, I refuse to believe, I don't believe that Millennial Pink's actually gone. Like, I don't, I think it's still got a way to go. And I think the peach is also a sort of, it's a play on the same theme. It is. Yeah. Like, I don't, and I still think there's such a strong, the blush, the blush, the peachy, the pink, I think for me. because well, they,
1: they kind of marry, they kind of marry together.
0: They do. Don't they?
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, so I I wouldn't say, I do believe it's leaning more towards the peachy side than the pinky, bluey, the bluey pinky side. But I think it's all still, to me, it's all still very much a millennial pink. The idea of millennial pink and the fact it has a term, I think we're still going with it. And I'm happy about that, obviously.
1: (laughs) Obviously. Um, Yeah, because peach technically, like my living room tech and hallway are kind of more technically peach than they are pink. Because everyone's like, I love your peach. Oh, and I love pink And when I look at it, I'm like, yeah, it's actually more peach than it is pink. Yeah, in some photos, it can look blush pink. So it just, because lighting obviously changes it. So, you know, some people are like, ah, like, I love that. It's, like, such a pretty pink. And then it's like, if you actually saw it in person, it's way more peach. Like, it's way more peach. Mm. And so, yeah, so therefore I could be totally in at the moment or I could totally be out because it's pink. (laughs) So, let's just um go with peach for now (laughs) but no we don't (laughs) no like i love them both i love millennial pink and peach so i don't yeah trench means
0: don't care (laughs) trench (laughs) means that's our general trench means apart from when you really like a trend then you should just do it anyway exactly so just contradict yourself we and just contradict
1: ourselves through the whole episode oh. okay.
0: i think that's just the theme of the whole thing is just being hypocrites yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like we don't
0: like red and then we both just bought loads of red stuff so how funny was oh, well. that it um, was very so timely. another thing was which was one that i really noticed was that uh that in is terrazzo and going out is carrera marble as textures and there's been so much terrazzo like i love it so terrazzo is when it's sort of um little fragments of sort of stone set in another stone it's super cool yeah i love it and i've been obsessed with um you know the texture of the colors and texture of carpet underlay foam. yes yes yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. that's kind of the same idea the sort of betty combination of things rather than the the pure sort of nature of i mean i don't know if carrera marble can go out though because it is stunning
1: oh yeah when it's like the actual real deal too it, <laughs> it's amazing mm. it's amazing
0: did you watch real housewives of auckland yes i did and you know that one who's married to the health supplement guy and she has that marble bar and it's I all know. backlit
1: that's beautiful
0: it's sort of beautiful. It's also maybe a bit too much. Oh, but t-
1: yeah, yeah. There's probably a bit much
0: of it, but you know,
1: it's kind of beautiful. Yeah, I know because is there gold going on in there too?
0: Yeah, it's all marble. The floor and the bar. It's so ostentatious. Yeah, but the marble's beautiful. But I think it's there. It's just being too showy.
1: It could, yeah, it could maybe because it's mixed with a bit too many materials that are a bit too showy. So it could just be a bit, bit much. But um. Yeah, I do. I I still really love marble, but I terrazzo is just it's fun. I
0: don't know, I think it's a bit more fun. It is so fun, and I think because it's got that artificial element, so the colours and things can uh, it works better for colours that don't occur in nature, which is what makes it really fun. So the
1: other thing that is in apparently is statement art is in which I think it's always been in, to be honest, um, and apparently going out is Gallery Walls, which is quite contradictory because oh, I don't actually think they are.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's what I was a bit like, meh. I think that's personal preference again. And I keep thinking, I keep seeing, I, I still think Gallery Walls went out and they've actually, they're on their way back. But I'm biased as well because I like them. But I did, um, we do have a blog post up kind of that, went into the whole gallery wall thing, um so I'll put a link to that as well, but um, yeah, I think you're right, I think statement art's always in I did what Kimberly said was insightful, and it was like it was about this sort of creating a gallery wall at any cost, you know, in terms of just putting things that don't matter together is isn't cool and I was like, yes, that's true. I think that I think it all leads back to again that what we talked about was like the Dulux thing about this need for homes to have more meaning and more sort of depth to them at the moment. And that, that if you just got gallery walls where you're bunging anything up, you're, you know, that doesn't work with that, does it? So.
1: No. And I think, because I think what I love about them is that no two are the same. Like there are no two galleries walls the same. And they just create such visual intrigue into your house. Like, you you kind of can't get that from anything else. And so I do think that a gallery wall is so personal. So that's probably what I quite like about it because it's your take on mixing your artwork. And I think where they kind of go out in my mind is when they're mixed with, like you said... Cheap, the cheaper homewares ones with the typography and the stuff that's kind of just thrown together, put it all together, and who cares? It's I think when they're a bit more well curated, I think they look a lot nicer and a bit more timeless. That's yeah, I think that's really a
0: good insight. Is that no two people would put together the same gallery wall? That's right. Whereas with statement art, people do the same, will do the same thing if they've bought the same big print. Like that print, what was that print, that typographic print that, oh, that pink one that says like forever? Yeah. Yeah. Which I love. I still actually kind of love it. But, you know, like everyone had it and they were kind of all putting it, styling it in the same way. Yeah. So I suppose that was an example of where it's kind of more fun to maybe do a gallery wall. I did a, um, some gallery wall tips
1: for a love to home blog. They asked me if I'd write something. So I'll give you just a quick rundown and what the, what I sort of talked to her about. Basically, I was talking about which we had already touched on about mixing your frames up for a more uh, eclectic and collected look um, or to match the frame colour for a more cohesive look. So how I've done in my black and white one, I've mixed all the frames that are all black and I think there's, like, maybe one or two white, so it's got a very cohesive cohesive look, whereas you can do a really cool gallery wall if you match, uh, do heaps of, like, not match, sorry, um, do heaps of, like, antique frames and just different frames and not really care too much, but you've still got the actual pictures having some kind of, like, they're talking to each other, so they kind of relate in colours or, you know, so, yeah, so it's quite good to do that. Um The mixture of size, I think, is really important. So unless you're doing a collection of just two or three, obviously you kind of want them the same. But I think if you're doing an actual gallery wall, I think it's really good to do different sizes. So don't put a big one next to another big one, unless you're just doing two or three. If you're doing gallery wall, one big one, put a small one next to that, then a medium-sized one next to that, and sort of scatter them, because it just creates that visual... Intrigue that is so important in a gallery wall, um the other thing is the spaces between the arts should kind of be about the same. I personally actually just eyeball it. I don't measure it, but you can if you are like super anal about that kind of yeah measurement having to be the same. I kind of like it when it has a bit more of an organic flow to it um yeah, and i I kind of think it's kind of cool to do like we had talked about like a theme sometimes like an- animals all animals or like or portraits or something like that that's quite cool to do as well so yeah they're just a few tips that I shared with them um and then also the other th- cool thing can be to add like a little shelf in or like for a ceramic or a plant can be quite fun um but yeah
0: they were my tips yeah awesome so again we're like oh on that trend we're pretty much just divided again divided yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um and then kind of on the same vein there was in is moody photography and going out is typography. Yeah.
1: Like the the like forever. Like forever. Yeah. <laughs> um typography is really interesting because I think like it isn't that unique. So therefore I think that yeah, everyone kinda of has it and then yeah, how do you create that unique look? So
0: that's I think why it's not gonna stay. Also people can get fixated with like one image. Like there's that uh I think it's a photo of Roger Moore. Oh no, there's also that one of like um Paul Newman when he was young and he's sitting in a chair. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, it's a beautiful photo and it's in a really if see on Pinterest like a zillion times.
1: Mm. But I think
0: that's the danger I think photography has the same danger of typography, of everyone gets the same pieces or in the same theme. So it's not necessarily as as strong as other types of art. I mean that's completely unfair. There's loads of fantastic photography, but I'm talking more about really accessible, sort of affordable stuff. Yeah. I don't really have I think photography is like an area of art I need to explore more and invest in, because I actually have zero photos of my wall. Oh wow. Yeah, I just suddenly thought, I was like, I actually don't own any photographic artwork, which is quite crazy.
1: Do, what's the one that you've got on your pool wall with the pole?
0: What's that one? Yeah, no, that's a painting.
1: Oh, it's a painting. Looks like a photo. No? Well, a print of a And the painting. photo yeah, looks, it looks like a photo.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it looks photographic, yeah. but it's
1: not. No. Oh, wow, that's I cool. I love that any one. Any that's photos. probably one of my favourites of yours, actually. I really, really love that. I want one
0: that big one yeah the big one oh yeah that was just from posters.com that's oh I love it
1: I think it's really cool
0: yeah oh maybe I'll put a link to that one then shall I yeah you should okay
1: so the next thing which I am super excited about because you know all know how much I love 70s um in is 70s glam And going out is mid-century modern. But then I'm torn because I actually love mid-century modern and I sort of think they're kind of interchangeable anyway. But, yeah, 70s glam for sure. I think that just means a lot more curves than mid-century modern and a bit more sparkle.
0: Yeah, I think 70s glam is just way more indulgent and and luxe. Luxe. And mid-century modern is fantastic design. But I think mid-century, true mid-century modern References a really pivotal and changing time in design history, and the pieces that came out of it, I don't believe will ever really truly go out of style, no. you know, because they were just so important and classic and beautiful. I think a lot of 70s glam, a lot of it, especially what we love now, is actually quite trashy, yeah, rather than yeah. classic. So it's like it's cool that it's come back in, like my crazy headboard. Thing, but it's actually not yeah. like it will look. It doesn't actually look great all the time. Like it's not actually a fantastic piece of furniture. It hasn't got amazing lines. It hasn't got architectural qualities. But it's got velvet and it's got buttons and it's it's just fun. gold. Yeah, <laughs> it's disco and it's fun. Um, so they were all the ones that Kimberly had come up with. So that's pretty cool. Is there anything else of note, like trends? You, you're like, yes, this is going to be a big thing. Heaps of people I've been
1: noticing are talking about grey going out and taupe being the real, like, the new grey. And I'm quite happy about that because I actually have never really loved grey, I must say.
0: No, I think it's quite interesting now you see more of the greige or taupe and the grey-grey like steely greys look really cold. And I think that also reflects the colour palettes that are in at the moment. They're just not those kind of cold colours. Or even the cold colours have a warm tone coming through. My other like colour thing would be, which is pretty obvious, is that tobacco is the new mustard. <laughs> but not on hot dogs. But I was like, don't put it on hot dogs. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that, that was sort of more browny that brownie goldy tone, which probably yeah. goes back to the same thing about the, go- the actual gold tones of things. Um, yeah, I think I'm I just noticing that... a lot of warmth is coming back. People yeah. are wanting more
1: warmth in their interiors, yeah. I think. The, that's, I think, where the grey is kind of becoming less and less and people going, actually, maybe the warm stuff can come back in and we can play with that. Um, and nothing, it doesn't all have to be, like, minimal and scandy and gray.
0: Yeah, and I love that. I'm really excited. Yeah, me too. And, I think it's cool. And it's stuff like velvet is still really strong and and in and I think that is because it's such a plush soft material. So that's yeah. why it's can, you know, it can last a bit a bit longer as a as a sort of trend because it's it's homey and nice.
1: And I just and, I actually reckon that velvet will always be in. That's my prediction. Like it will I, have I always love
0: velvet no yeah, matter
1: what. It'll always have that whole, yeah, obviously there'll be the, like, velvet's going out now because everything's been velvet and it'll be done to death and all that. But I per, I just honestly think velvet will always be a timeless fabric. They've used it on sofas for decades, decades and decades, and it lasts, like it lasts like no other. So, I yeah, I just love it. Like you said, it's plush and it's homely and it's warm and it's just, ah, just love it.
0: Yay, Velvet. Yay, Velvet.
1: <laughs> what about the Scandines?
0: oh, Scandinese? Oh, Scandinese. I love that. I just love that. It. So it's so like Scand- Scandi cross Japanese. Yeah. So
1: you've actually got a little bit of that in your home because you've got like those screens and stuff, like the Japanese screens and stuff.
0: Yeah, I do have a bit of that. And I do love, so the idea, I think the sort of idea behind the Scandinese is, again, taking this sort of minimalism of Scandi, but giving it sort of a bit more, I guess a bit more significance and a bit more, I don't want to say culture and dismiss, but but then I think it's not the same as, Scandi is not the same as things like Huguay, or have you (laughs) say. Huguay. Huguay. No, I think you say hugger. Oh, do you? Yeah? yeah. God, I don't know. <laughs> so. Um, You know, which is about the sort of, which is like a warm idea. I think when now Scandi, we talked about it before, it's come to mean quite minimal, quite austere, clean. Gray. Gray. <laughs> gray and wood. And um, I think the Japanese, the Scandinese is just seeing a bit more of that. So it's sort of taking the same sort of minimalism, but kind of like, just changing it up a bit. And I, yeah. I, I like that. Yeah, I yeah. like it too. A few of the amazing, I think we've probably managed to mention all three of the um, UK um, interior bloggers have started a thing called Hashtag Revamp Restyle Reveal. So it's Bianca from French for
1: Pineapple and Lisa Dawson from Lisa Dawson and Oliver Thomas. He was like a runner-up of the... Um, great american what is it the great sorry not american <laughs> the great british interior designer which we never get here on time so i actually didn't still haven't seen it um but they're all three amazing bloggers and so they've joined together to um do basically they're doing like a youtube and a website and the instagram about revamp restyle and reveal so it's like revamping their homes restyling them and then revealing them and like you can actually like win some of their prizes if you do it yourself which is quite cool quite like that so i think
0: is it that they've started they they've each or 10 bloggers have each chosen a room in their house and over four weeks they've made a plan which they've shared and then over four weeks they do it and you can see it and then you can join in and win prizes and I don't know whether you vote at the end or something or not. I don't know. That seems- it's quite cool watching
1: the transformation and you can watch their personal stories and stuff so you can see, like, like for instance, I was watching Bianca and her, like, scraping back, like, taking the tiles off and scraping back and filling. And I was like, oh, my God, so much work. Like, But it's pretty. It's quite cool to see the behind the scenes and what really goes into all that, because often when you see TV stuff, it happens in like one day and it's magic and it's like reveal. Whereas this is showing like actual hard work when you have to do it yourself and you don't have a giant budget.
0: Absolutely, and I think it's really inspirational too. Cause it's making me itch. Kind of gives me the itch to change yeah. something. Yeah, me too. Like, yeah, yeah. making nice a like rude I, board. I feel like I always have the itch to change stuff and never stop itching.
1: Yeah. So now we'll go back to our Instagram mentions. What
0: I definitely thought would be a good one for today is Brie Leach. So that's B-R-E-E-L-E-E-C-H. And Brie is the, I don't know if she's creative director or consultant for Dulux Australia. And she does all the styling of the amazing brooms they put together. And we have I think we've already probably reposted pictures from her on Instagram because she just has... I don't know. She is just so good at what she does. Like her styling is incredible. She and I is heard amazing. that she's coming to New Zealand in October. Is she? <laughs> so, yeah. So I asked you like, because so I was like, hopefully might get some time. And I'm really, it would be really cool if we could talk to her on the podcast. Oh my God. <laughs> she's amazing. I love her. I love everything she does. She's incredible. Yeah, it's just amazing. Like, she's just the best person for working with those, using those colours. And it's quite impressive to see how she both interprets a trend and creates a trend at the same yeah, time. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, she inspired me to do the,
1: um, use the Dulux uh, suede paint. That was in the last one. And I would never oh, have cool. chosen that had I not seen the way she'd done it. I was like, oh, this stuff's really amazing, and I was talking to someone, and I like, oh, no, actually, sorry, I went and got the tin of paint off the shelf, and it had dust all over it because that's how often they sell. They never sell it, but it just shows you that someone who can interpret something and show you new ways of doing it brings it back. So how yeah, can, that's, that's, really that's how cool. trends come back. And we should yeah. say
0: we're not sponsored
1: by Dulux. Oh, we're totally not sponsored. <laughs> I wish we were. <laughs> <laughs> I wish we were, but we're not. Um, Maybe when the they sell one, more
0: suede paint. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's, actually, the suede paint, just quickly, is amazing because it looks like wallpaper. So, but, where have you got that? So, I've got that in my lounge. Oh, um, right. Where the curtain, where the drapes are in the living room. Um, but in saying that, I'm actually thinking of changing it. <laughs> but but I do actually still love it. Like, I kind of want to use it somewhere because in the whole room because it's so cool. It's just got a really cool texture to it. I think it was used quite a lot possibly in the 70s and 80s. And it's really good if you've got a wall that's not perfect because, you know, it. you kind of, because it's got the different brush strokes and the way it moves, you kind of can't see if there's any imperfections. So that's quite cool.
0: That is cool. Is there anyone else you wanted to sh- give a shout out to? Jade Maria Interiors. Her,
1: she's incredible. Like she's an interior designer in London, and if you go to Jade, which is obviously J A D E, Maria, which is M A R I A, and Interiors, obviously which is I N T E R I O R S. So it's quite a long Instagram, but that's really cool. She's got such incredible stuff um her interior design is just I don't know I don't know how else to explain that apart from it's just amazing and you should go and have a look
0: (laughs) yeah and she shares all her inspiration and she's very like if we're talking about trends like I think she's one of those people that's quite ahead of the game in terms of trends and recognizing them and it's all very on on trend yeah
1: she's definitely on ball with that sort of stuff which is cool
0: yeah, and then on a the similar note, I'd say the London Design Fair, or probably any of those International Design fairs. So the London Design Fair is LDN Design Fair. And I just love having those on my feed and don't necessarily like everything that pops up, but that's how you really find, like, cool treasures, cool designers. You never know what's going to soak into your little brain.
1: <laughs> I know.
0: So it, I follow all those.
1: Yeah, it's a like I do like to have things like that in my feed because when they pop up, it does it makes you think, oh, like maybe I could do something similar like that in my space. Like, it gives you and I love it just to give you inspiration, not to necessarily copy exactly, just to give you like, oh, maybe I want to use that color combined with that color or uh, yeah. So I think it's quite cool for that.
0: Yeah, and you then you also start to see the themes that come up. So that then if you want to be predicting trends or trying to be ahead, you'll really, if you're following accounts like that, you'll definitely get it. Yeah. You know, these are yeah. things that are, they're from sort of leading design things before they make it onto the high street. So if you start getting connected to it, then it just still sort of soaks in. Definitely. cool. Now with it, we've got our Instagram back. We're still very much into the, NZ Homes with Style hashtag and I've seen some really cool stuff come through. It's really cool, eh? People are really starting to use it now, which is quite fun. It's super fun. So, yeah, just remember to, if you've got an NZ Home with Style, hashtag the photos.
1: Yeah, we'd just so love to see them. Um, Also, if you do have a chance, uh, we'd love it if you could leave us
0: a review on iTunes. It helps others to find the show. We... Are still on instagram at the pink room nz and on facebook at the pink room nz and we've constantly adding new blog posts too up on the nz.com
1: yeah i think you should definitely go and check out the thrifting one that eb put up because it's got so many amazing tips thanks so much for listening guys you'll hear from us again in two bye. and he said ciao bye
0: <laughs> ciao babies